Good evening, and welcome to the Legal Legal Review, an informative and thought-provoking weekly show covering legal issues affecting everyday people. We know that there are many things you could be doing with your time, and we appreciate your decision to share this time with us. I'm Irving Jordan. And I'm April Dawson. We're law professors at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and we're your co-hosts. The Legal Eagle Review is sponsored by the NCCU School of Law. We thank you for joining us this evening. Leading up to the 2022 Veterans Day holiday, we discussed the tragic shooting death of Private Booker Spicely, who was murdered in Durham in July of 1944 after he refused to obey a Jim Crow era demand from a Duke Power Company bus driver that he moved to the back of the bus on which he was a passenger. Since that conversation, successful efforts have been underway to educate our community about the impact of the Book of Spicely history and to appropriately honor his service and that of other similarly situated individuals. Already, the Historical Marker Committee of the North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources has approved the erection of a state marker, which will be placed at the site of the Spicely killing on December 1st of this year. On September 22nd of this year, just week after next, the North Carolina Central University School of Law, in conjunction with the Duke Energy Foundation, WTVD Channel 11, and a host of other partners will conduct a day-long symposium, which will discuss the impact and repercussions of Spice's death and similar situations that occurred around the country with a focus on what can be done presently to redress this sordid racial history. Lost in the traditional Veteran Day and Memorial Day celebrations is a discussion of the history surrounding the tragic military service of African-Americans who have bravely fought the war against foreign enemies and at the same time have had to fight against racist forces within this country. Oftentimes, both wars resulted in their deaths and are serious bodily injury. Such was the reality of Private Booker Spicer, an African-American Army truck driver who was stationed at Camp Butner in 1944. On July 8th of that year, Private Spicely, dressed in his uh, U.S. Army uniform, along with three others, boarded a Duke Power Company bus in the Haytai section of Durham and sat in seats next to the last row of the bus. After the bus reached the predominantly white Five Points community and whites entered the bus, Spicely and his group, were ordered to leave by the driver, Herman Lee Council, and to move to the last row of the bus. This directive was a regular occurrence that was sanctioned by a Jim Crow rule that required African-Americans to move to the back of the bus when whites needed to be seated on it. Spicely initially refused to move from his seat, but later complied. When he and his group exited the bus, he was confronted by the bus driver, who then shot him to death at the intersection of 4th and Club Boulevard. Counsel was subsequently arrested, prosecuted, but was found not guilty by an all-white jury after deliberating for 28 minutes. Spicer's death, resulting from the back-of-the-bus edict of that day, was just one of the many death experiences for African-American soldiers in the United States as they fought against the Jim Crow racial rules which govern this country. Tonight, we will discuss Booker Spicer's death and those present efforts which are designed to honor his service and educate the community about what other African-American soldiers who met 
similar fates. Joining us for this discussion is Professor Stephen Valentine, who is the director of the Veterans Law Clinic at the North Carolina Central University School of Law. So, Professor Valentine, thank you for uh, joining us for this discussion this evening. Professor Joyner, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I look forward to, to the discussion to, that we're going to have and also to uh, uh, Professor Dawson. Thank you again for inviting me. Well, let, let's let's start us off. Um, let, let's start. Can, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, September 22nd uh, symposium and uh, what is uh, planned uh, for that day? So uh, thank you, uh, Professor Joyner. Uh, as you well know, and I think you uh, sort of highlighted in your uh, opening remarks that Booker T. Spicely's uh, life mattered. And so we're going to be honoring the past and having a retrospective uh, symposium uh, with respect to his life. I think you had uh, mentioned that, or maybe you didn't mention, but as part of our, our symposium, we're going to have Joel Brown from WTVD, who's going to be providing uh at providing uh, some remarks as our moderator uh, for the event. But the uh, basis of the discussion will be about the actual killing of Booker Spicely uh, with respect to the sign of the times um, during the, the period in which uh, he was killed. We'll also be talking about the present uh, day impact and the import of uh, Jim Crow era killings um, that were not uh, necessarily unique to uh, Private Spicely. And our keynote address that day will be provided by Professor Margaret Burnham. Uh, she is a distinguished professor from Northeastern University School of Law. Um, and she's over the Civil Rights and Restorative Justice Project there. And dating back to 2014, uh, Professor Burnham took on the, uh, the task of investigating the, the killing of Private uh, Spicely and uh, her work and research in this area led to a, a seminal uh, text um, known as By Hands Now Known. And so Professor Barnum not only will be uh, providing keynote to keynote uh, address for our symposium, she will also be there to uh, uh, promote her book By Hands Now Known. And so we have some other distinguished uh, guests that uh, will be uh, with us on, for the occasion. We have uh, Dr. Adriana Lentz-Smith from the Duke University Department of History. Uh, we also have a Dr. Matthew Delmont uh, from Dartmouth University Department of History. Um, he also is the author of a seminal text on African-Americans uh, during World War II, called Half Americans. We'll also hear from Dr. Stansberry, one of our own here at uh, North Carolina Central University. She's a professor of law, uh, professor of political science um, down at the uh, the larger university. And we'll have attorney Shanika Davis, uh, who worked hand in glove with Professor Margaret Burnham. Uh, at Northeastern when she was a student. Uh, she's now an attorney uh, at law, and she also authored a book about the murder of uh, Private Booker T. Spicely. Professor Joyner, I also have several of my colleagues um, from the uh, Veterans Law Clinic community who will be um, joining us um, for this uh, day-long discussion. And so Professor John Brooker from UNC will be joining us from the Military and Veterans Law Clinic. Uh, Professor Ellie Morales from uh, Wake Forest School of Law's Veterans Law Clinic, and also the former North Carolina Secretary of Military and Veterans Affairs, uh, Attorney Larry Hall will be joining us to talk about uh, some possible administrative and legal uh, remedies that might exist um, even today as a result of the killing of uh, Booker Spicely. And finally, um, we have a few more guests that will be joining us that day. Uh, Professor Timothy Tyson, who's known to a lot of us here in, in uh, the Durham community, 
He uh, served as the Duke University, served at the Duke University Center for uh, Documentary Studies. Uh, we'll be joined by attorney Dawn Blagrove of the Emancipate North Carolina and the current Secretary of Military and Veterans Affairs, Lieutenant General Walter Gaskins will be here with us, as well as Professor Timothy Lovelace from the Duke University School of Law. And so that sort of gives you an idea of the uh, guests that we'll have here um, on the occasion of September the 22nd to uh, mark the life of Booker T. Spicely. And I'm really looking forward to it. Well, you know, uh... You 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 presented a very impressive list of uh, uh, participants uh, in this uh, event, and I know that you are a uh, a veteran uh, that you have had uh, military service, and 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 from that perspective, why is it important that we spend this time talking about what happened with uh, Private Spicely in uh, 1944? And what, how does that impact uh, African-Americans who have been in the military from that day going forward? Uh, thank you for that question, uh, Professor Joyner. Uh, and, and thank you for highlighting the fact that, uh, that I am, in fact, a, a veteran of the armed forces. Um, as an African-American who uh, served in the military, I know firsthand that the struggle that uh, many Blacks um, experience in the military, uh, even up uh, to the present. And so it means a lot to me um, for us to, to honor the sacrifices uh, of the past with respect to um, African-Americans or people of color who have served in the military, um, putting some respect, quite frankly, on, on our name and our service in the same way as our, uh, as our counterparts in arms. And so um, it is quite an honor actually even to be speaking about um, Private Spicely during the symposium. And Professor Valentine, um, as you were talking about why it is important to you as a, a veteran yourself to honor the sacrifices and struggles um, and service of African-Americans and and with this wonderful symposium, um, the names that you've listed it is absolutely an all-star cast, if you will. Um, many of the folks that you identified who are participating in the symposium have been guests on this show. We've been honored to have learned from them um, and appreciate the time that they've spent supporting uh, NCCU School of Law and, and the university as a whole. One of the things that I found so interesting when I was learning about um, Booker Spicely really for the first time, I think in detail last year was surprised that I was not aware of, um, of his murder. Uh, and I of course have been at the law school for, for almost 20 years, not quite 20, but, but getting there. And um his story and not being aware of it troubled me. Can you talk about um, how you became aware of Booker Spicely and how that has played into your commitment to make sure that the community knows his story? And as you mentioned before, he matters, his life matters, and us remembering his life matters. So, Professor Dawson, uh, that's a, a, a very good question. And so, uh, much like yourself, I was not aware of um, the story of Booker Spicely, but I was not uh, uh, I was not in a position to to not know the the large scale occurrences of uh, killings with respect to African Americans who served. Uh, at the sort of the same time that uh, Booker Spicely served. And so there was over uh, 2 million uh, African-Americans who actually served in all branches of the service at the same time that Booker T. Spicely uh, was serving in the military. And so we know from our history, not necessarily of uh, Booker Spicely's um, killing, but the killing of other African-Americans 
um, while in uniform. And so this was not something that was necessarily uh, an outliner in our history, but um, more so a continuation of uh, the un-sort of sanctioned killings, if you will, of African-Americans who put their self on the line in what uh, has been dubbed as the, the double V campaign. Uh, but really, uh, with respect to uh, the larger society, um, President uh, Roosevelt referred to it as uh, fighting for the four freedom, but uh, African-Americans have merely been fighting for one one type of freedom in this country since our uh, introduction here in the West, and that is our continuous continuous struggle for freedom. And so to answer your question, again, I, I had no knowledge of uh, Booker Spicely specifically, but knew that many of these types of killings occurred, particularly for um, Black Americans in uniform. Okay, we're going to take our break uh, right now. This is the uh, Legal Eagle Review, and we are talking with uh, Professor Stephen Valentine, who is the director of the Veterans Law Clinic at the NCCU School of Law, and we are discussing an uh, upcoming uh, symposium uh, at the uh, university uh, dealing with the life of uh, Booker Spicely and the uh, impact that uh, killing here in Durham has had on the uh, African-Americans in the uh, military and particularly on the uh, Durham uh, community. We're going to take our break. want you to stay with us, and we'll be right back. North Carolina Central University School of Law was founded in 1939 to provide opportunities for African-American students to become lawyers. Embracing our heritage, the mission of NCCU Law is to provide a quality, personalized, practice-oriented, and affordable education to historically underrepresented students from diverse backgrounds to increase diversity in the legal profession. We empower our graduates to become highly competent and socially responsible lawyers and leaders committed to public service and to meeting the needs of underserved communities. NCCU Law is excited to announce the creation of the NCCU Technology Law and Policy Center, made possible by the generous pledge of $5 million by Intel Corporation. The mission of the NCCU Technology Law and Policy Center is to produce technology-conscious lawyers who will use technology in alignment with the law school's mission to, one, facilitate the efficient, effective, and ethical practice of law, and two, increase the access of legal information and services to underserved communities. You can learn more about the Technology Law and Policy Center by visiting the NCCU Law website. Hello, this is Shantae McNeil, and I am a second-year law student at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and this is your weekly announcement. This Saturday, September 16th, get ready for a day of boundless fun at Loom Spark Center for Creativity for their Kids Bounce House event. It is a day dedicated to pure, unbridled joy for children of all ages. This event is from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., located at 3651 Green Level West Road, Suite 102, Apex, North Carolina. This event is free to all, so come out and let your little ones jump until they can't jump anymore. This is Shantae McNeil with the Legal Eagle Review, and this is your community announcement. Okay, we're back on the uh, Legal Eagle Review. Thank you so very much for staying uh, with us as we uh, continue our discussion with uh, Professor Stephen Valentine, who is the director of the Veterans Law Clinic at the uh, North Carolina Central University uh, School of Law. And uh, we're talking uh, this evening about the uh, shooting death of uh, Booker Spicely that occurred in July of 1944. Uh, Private Spicely was a member of the uh, U.S. Army who was stationed in um, uh, 
right out of uh, Durham at Camp Button uh, when he came to visit uh, in Durham and uh, his death occurred uh, after he had refused to move to the back of the bus when ordered to do so by a uh, Duke Power uh, bus driver who was in control of the bus at that time. Um, and as you were talking about uh, the uh, importance of uh, this Book of Spicely uh, incident uh, here in Durham, uh, my question is, you know, why now? Why is it important now that uh, we lift up uh, this uh, this killing and uh, try to remember uh, the uh, impact uh, and service of, uh, of Book of Spicely? Professor Joyner, I think in the, the words of Dr. King, it's uh, always the right time to do right. And so the fact that uh, it took so long for Booker T. Spicely's story to be known generally, I think I had mentioned that I didn't know about the, the specifics about the death of uh, Booker T. Spicely. Um, but the fact that he lost his life right here where we live and, and work and um, go about our the, the community, the larger community here in, in Durham and living our lives without knowing that and knowing that uh, blood was shed right here in Durham um, while he was in the service as part of the Double V campaign, uh, he actually lost his life right here in Durham um, in uniform. And so that, that matters. And I think that uh, a failure for us not to truly understand our complete history uh, denies us as a people of one, making ourselves whole, and two, um, continuing to fight for any type of reparations that may be due uh, Spicy's family as a result of this unjust killing. And Professor Valentine, uh, can you, and and Herb was able to give some specific details about you know what happened. Um, you've emphasized the fact that he was he was killed while he was yet and still, you know, in uniform. And not that anyone should be um, murdered because of their race. It seems to certainly add insult to injury when you have individuals who are fighting for freedom on behalf of this country in other countries to yet come home and to be subjected not just to racism and discrimination, uh, but to murder and, and execution. Um, you mentioned that while you may not have been specifically aware of Booker Spicely's killing, you were aware of the number of tragic killings of servicemen during that time, during the 40s. Can you talk about the importance of um, veterans who came back to the country and the role that they played really kind of invigorating and building that foundation for the civil rights movement? So, yes, I think that uh, uh, Booker T. Spicely's killing uh, was uh, a clarion call to the larger Black community in saying, number one, or highlighting that these Jim Crow laws that existed in many parts of the South didn't seem to mesh with our ideas of democracy. And also spurned uh, a new effort and a new energy um, in the, the struggle for civil rights. And so more people began to realize that um, millions of African-Americans were asked on the one hand to sacrifice their, la sacrifice their life uh, abroad for freedom while being denied here, denied it here at home. And so they begin to question themselves, uh, was that sacrifice really worth it? And so I think that gave a lot of energy to what became the modern civil rights movement uh, moving forward, uh, uh, even to the present. And so the struggle still continues in, uh, in many ways. I think uh, that the cycle of winning and losing with regards to uh, um, civil rights um, struggles is uh, at a point where we're actually losing and um, uh, losing a lot of ground on some of the gains um, that we've won over the last uh, 50 years. And so I think uh, the killings 
as a result of those in uniform during the, the period of the Second World War was a, a, a watershed moment um, for the civil rights movement. Well, I guess you could say that, you know, that, uh, you know, clearly in 1944, uh, there was widespread racial discrimination, uh, violence directed toward uh, African-Americans who dared to wear the uh, uniform. But uh, at some point, uh, you know, did 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 that uh, discrimination uh, end? Did it uh, uh, did it get better uh, for our folk who were going into uh, to the military? What was the, uh, the 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 repercussions of this and other type of events uh, during those days uh, with respect to uh, uh, African Americans? Professor Jordan, I think a service in the military um, has been seen as uh, one of the uh, ways in which African Americans could justify their their citizenship on the one hand, and also their place in uh, what is supposed to be a uh, multiracial uh, democracy. Um, but you know as well as I do that uh, the struggle then uh, for um, people who served in uniform um, of African uh, ancestry and others uh, have never really been respected in the, the way that uh, our counter counterparts in arms uh, uh, have received the respect that they're due. And so to, to, to the extent that we believe things have changed, they have changed somewhat. And so uh, right after the, uh, the war, right after World War II, the president sort of opened up uh, the military on a, a non-discriminatory basis um, in law. But in practice, uh, African-Americans continue to be uh, discriminated against. And, and that's the case even today. If you look at the, the levels of promotions with, with respect to African-Americans and their percentage in the military, it's always uh, disproportionate um, to uh, its percentage in the general society. And while I think the, the military uh, does a, a better job uh, than other segments in our society, uh, we still have a long way to go with respect to uh, our place and the respect that uh, we are entitled to and deserve, just like uh, anyone else who would serve in uh, the armed forces. One of the things that we talk about often on this show, and one of the reasons why we even have this show is we know how important it is to educate ourselves and, and the community about the realities of our community, particularly the African-American um, Black community. And the symposium is is doing, you know, that work that very important work as well, um, kind of educating. And, and the point that you just raised about while things have certainly improved, there is still much work to be done. Um, can you talk about the importance, and you've already touched upon this, but I'd like for you to expand upon it a little bit more, why it is so important that we understand our history and how in understanding our history, that will help us as we make the necessary gains in the present day. Well, I guess a good place to start in answering that question, uh, Professor Dawson, is to look at some of the uh, entitlements that uh, Private Booker T. Spicely may have been entitled to. And I say may have been entitled to because uh, his situation is sort of uh, indicative of many African-Americans with respect to um, be VA benefits and, and entitlements uh, that they uh, should should receive um, upon uh, leaving the military. Now, Booker T. Spicely's uh, exit from the military is a little different in that he was murdered. But the fact that he was murdered in the line of duty suggests that he should have been uh, entitled to some 
uh, level of uh, military pension that he could potentially have passed on to his survivors. And so we knew that Booker T. Uh, Booker T. Spicely was not married, but potentially that could have gone on to uh, his mother or his uh, his father. And in his particular situation, it would have been his mother. And we see in the record from uh, public sources that one of the only benefits that uh, the family seemed to be able to avail themselves to was a state uh, entitlement that the the family um, that the that the family seemed to have filled out an application, but there's no evidence that he actually received the, the benefits um, associated with uh, whatever the state was offering at that time. Now. Title 38 of the United States Code, as well as Title 38 of the Code of Federal Regulation, deals with those benefits that uh, Booker T. Spicely would have been entitled to uh, just as a, as, a, as a veteran. And so the fact that he died in the line of duty would have eliminated him from uh, the main provisions of compensation benefits because those benefits uh, die right along with you when, uh, when, when you die. Um, but he could potentially have received accrued benefits. Um, and he also could have uh, received dependency and indemnity compensation um, that could have sustained the family uh, after after his death. And so I think there's still some work that could potentially be done in the present to um, provide the family, um, in, in the words of the, the law, uh, make them whole, and so there's still some work to be uh, done in that in that regard. And so I'm hoping that uh, that answered your question. But but hasn't there been a, a, a continuation by the various branches of the military of downgrading the importance and lives and services rendered by uh, African American uh, as they uh, enter and exit? Uh, the uh, the military, I believe that the statistics, statistics would show that there is a high level of dishonorable uh, discharges as it relates uh, to uh, African-Americans, that uh, the benefits that are normally reserved right on up through uh, the uh, Vietnam War, uh, uh, individuals who serve uh, have been, uh, I guess, gypped out of some of these uh these uh the, these benefits so uh how 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 you know what was the importance of spicy situation uh to those that followed him for the next uh really two decades or more so i think you highlight um more of the fact and i think i sort of mentioned this uh the fact that booker t spicy's life is, was more of a continuation of the same with respect to African-Americans and uh, their ability to seek uh, the benefit of the bargain, if you will. And so it is true, Professor Joyner, that uh, large numbers of African-Americans, even up until the present, uh, leave the military with, with what's known as uh, an other than honorable uh, discharge. And so when you receive an other than honorable discharge, it bars you from VA benefits. And so the same sort of struggle that uh, Booker T. Spicely's uh, family experienced after his, uh, his death continues today. So I, I would agree with you wholehearted, wholeheartedly about that. But there have been some steps over the last decade or so to do something about uh, remedying uh, these other than honorable discharges. And so the Department of Defense has put out several uh, policy memorandums. The most recent one is uh, the uh, Wilkie Memorandum that provides uh, direction to discharge uh, review boards and boards of uh, correction for military records. Um, some guidance on how to uh, address uh, these injustices from the past that basically denied or barred many uh, African-Americans from um, benefits because of uh, their bad paper discharges. 
uh, if you will. And so it is still a large problem. So it was a, it was a problem at the time of uh, Booker T. Spicely, and it was also a problem at the time that uh, uh, I happened to be uh, leaving the military. And so across the board, it still remains uh, one of the largest problems yet addressed by the, uh, the Department of Defense and also the Department of Veterans Affairs. All right, you are listening to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. And we've been talking this hour about Private Booker Spicely, who was tragically shot to death in July 1944 because he dared to challenge having to move to the back of the bus. We have with us as our guest this evening, Professor Stephen Valentine, who is the director of the Veterans Law Clinic here at NCCU School of Law. We also have a symposium that will take place to honor and celebrate the life of Private Booker Spicely, scheduled for Friday, September 22nd. We're gonna have to take a quick break. We hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Shantae McNeil, and I am a second-year law student at North Carolina Central University School of Law, and this is your weekly announcement. Did you know yoga and mindfulness meditation promote cognitive and emotional awareness and enhances your attention span as well as your memory? Every Tuesday until October 3rd, You Call This Yoga is hosting free yoga at Durham Central Park in English as well as Spanish from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Pavilion. Come relax, refresh, and rejuvenate while practicing yoga and mindfulness. This is Shantae McNeil with the Legal Eagle Review, and this is your weekly announcement. Hello, my name is Brittany Burks, and I'm currently a 2L at the North Carolina Central University School of Law, and this is your Community Spotlight. The North Carolina Central University School of Law offers four certificate programs. Upon completion of the specified requirements, law students may earn a certificate in civil rights and constitutional law, dispute resolution, tax law, or justice in the practice of law. As a part of the Eagle Promise, NCCU School of Law offers our students four outcomes upon graduation. Completing a degree program on time, becoming socially and globally engaged, proving leadership, and graduating market ready. More information about any law degree program is at 919-530-6610. My name is Brittany Burks with the Legal Eagle Review. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Thank you again for tuning in to the Legal Eagle Review here on WNCU 90.7 FM. I'm April Dawson and my co-host Irving Joyner and I have been talking this hour with Professor Stephen Valentine, who is the director of the NCCU School of Law Veterans Law Clinic. And we have been talking this hour about Private Booker T. Spicely, who was a U.S. Army soldier who was stationed at Camp Butner, who was murdered in July 1944. We have here at the law school a private Booker T. Spicely Symposium that is scheduled for Friday, September 22nd at the NCCU Student Center from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Professor Valentine, so, so much great work has been done getting the story out about uh, Private Spicely and other men and women who were uh, tragically murdered because they were advocating for the rights of themselves as Black people in this country. What has your 
what have you seen as the reaction to the work of the committee to get um, this information out and the reaction to the symposium that will be going on on Friday of this week? Uh, Professor Dawson, I think the uh, response to the symposium has been, uh, quite frankly, overwhelming. Um, we're expecting 150 guests to be a part of this uh, conversation uh, on September 22nd. And so we will uh, probably uh, far exceed that number if we had the capability, but we most assuredly will uh, receive 150 people on that uh, on that particular day. So the the uh, uh, the outreach and the community's response has been uh, has been very good. And so we're, we're actually looking forward to um, receiving everyone on, on that particular day. And I'd also want to, to bring it to your attention that as part of the symposium uh, on Thursday, the 21st, we'll actually uh, be having a, a one-person play um, honoring uh, the life of African-American service members um, that was put together with our partners in uh, the community. And so... Um, with the marketing information that uh, goes out, uh, we have been highlighting that point as well. Why should people want to attend uh, this uh, this uh, symposium? You indicated there's been a lot of interest, uh, but uh, for some people uh, out there who might still have an interest, why is it important uh, that people from uh, this community uh, join in to uh, participate in this event? Professor Jordan, I think that the fact that uh, this incident occurred in 1944 in our backyard um, is enough to garner enough interest in uh, the story of Booker T. Spicely. But also, um, there's a lot of interest in uh, those who have served in uniform who live in our community. And so, and family members who have uh, people who have served in uh, the armed forces. And so, um, Booker T. Spicely's life matters, and so does the life of many other uh, uh, service members and their families who contributed to the, the war effort uh, back during World War II. And as the, that generation comes to an end, uh, it's more important now than ever to um, make sure that we um, thank those veterans who still remain for their service and their commitment and the part that they've played in furthering civil rights in our country. Could, could you also just kind of take a couple of minutes and talk about the uh, Veterans Law Clinic uh, at the uh, law school and what it is uh, that you uh, do uh, there at the clinic and how does that tie in to the uh, work that uh, that's being done uh, with uh, Book of Spicelet? So the work that's being done here at the Veterans Law Clinic at North Carolina Central University is one that's in partnership with the University of North Carolina. Uh, as you know, Professor Joyner, uh, the clinic uh, came back to life, if you will. We actually were the first Veterans Law Clinic in the state of North Carolina. And then we sort of went out of business for a while, but uh, a grant from the a very generous grant from the General Assembly uh, brought us back in partnership with the University of North Carolina's Military and Veterans Law um, Clinic. And so the work we do here in the clinic is twofold. There is an, an academic portion. I, uh, I offer a substantive course on veterans benefits and as a prerequisite for work in my clinic. And so students join me in the clinic where we get an opportunity to actually provide legal services to veterans who uh, are seeking uh, VA benefits for the very first time, or those who have received an adverse decision from the Department of Veterans Affairs, and they seek to appeal their adverse decision at the Board uh, of Veterans Appeals. And our clinic also, uh, from time to time, takes on uh, some courts that, some cases, excuse me, some cases that go forward to the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims, which is an Article I court specifically created in 1988 by the 
Veterans Judicial Review Act to deal with uh, veterans claims. And so we work with uh, veterans with on seeking initial benefits at the regional office, at the Board of Veterans Appeals, Board of Veterans Appeals, and the Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims. And so our advocacy goes from the agency, uh, the administrative agency, all the way through to uh, the federal courts. And so that's the work that uh, we are doing here uh, in the clinic. Professor Valentine, you have talked um, quite a bit about Private Spicely's family and what they might be entitled to. Um, Herb mentioned in his introduction about the historical marker committee and that that site is scheduled to go up on December 1st of this year. Have you had an opportunity to um, learn from the family what their reaction is to the historical marker and also to the symposium and will any of them be able to participate um, in in either of these events so yes uh as a uh as a component of getting the symposium together um i've had uh, the opportunity to uh, talk to the family extensively um and also if we can step back just for a moment uh Cynthia Mitchell, who is a distant cousin of Booker T. Spicely, was actually with us previously when uh, the Duke Foundation, um, through the hard work of Professor Joyner and others, um, allowed for a $100,000 endowed scholarship to uh, um, come to the come to the clinic to support our efforts. And so we're very thankful for that uh, generous contribution from from Duke. And so I got my very first opportunity to meet uh, Cynthia Mitchell at that particular uh, uh, program. But since then, I've had an opportunity to talk to her and also the uh, the closest living relative to uh, Booker T. Spicely, um, Lincoln Spicely. And so they are, um, as you can imagine, overwhelmed um, by the, the interest, number one, in their loved one. And um, also the uh, the efforts that uh, all these entities are taking to sort of uh, recreate uh, the story and the conditions around uh, Booker T. Uh, Spicely's death. And so while they're excited, they are also, um, particularly Cynthia, just on yesterday, she reminded me that at, at, some, uh, at some points during the day uh, here recently, she's been uh, overcome by emotion. Um, she actually uh, lived through uh, the era of the Jim Crow South. And so this, in addition to it being uh, emotional uh, and overwhelming with regards to the family and him getting the recognition that's uh, long overdue, um, there, it's also um, spurring up a lot of uh, negative memories from that uh, particular period. And so it's sort of been a roller coaster ride uh, for Booker T. Uh, Spicely's family. Uh, so, but uh, they're happy that we're putting all this together and they are extremely excited about the symposium. Miss um, Mitchell says she's happy to participate in, in any way um, in order to, to put out the, the story regarding uh, her descendant. And uh, she'll have some family with her, family members with her at the uh, at the symposium. And they will also be here uh, when the, uh, the the marker goes up in December. They're excited about that. Uh, this this is really a um important effort uh, by the uh by the law school uh, in conjunction with the uh Duke Energy Foundation and it is one that uh that we treasure and hold dear uh in uh, this uh community that uh Duke Energy would be willing uh to work with us in uh finding an appropriate way to honor the life and service of uh private uh spicelet and uh, also to give an opportunity uh to talk about uh some of the uh, ills and wrongs that have been experienced by uh, african americans in the uh military and uh, to develop some ideas on uh how some of these things can uh, be redressed going forward so we are certainly uh eager uh, to have our community to join with us on uh, September 22nd. And uh, thank uh, Professor Valentine 
uh, for his work and his availability as a part of the uh, Veterans Law Clinic to continue to serve a uh, community that has been oftentimes overlooked and uh, undervalued. Uh, we want them to know that we value them and that uh, this is just one way of showing that uh, that we care and appreciate all of the things that uh, that they have done. Well said, Irv. And Professor Valentine, uh, if there are folks who want to, I believe there are still maybe a few more seats available for those who might want to uh, join us at the symposium. Where can folks find additional information? Uh, Professor Dawson, if uh, viewers can go to law.nccu.edu, which is the uh, North Carolina Central School of Law uh, webpage, and scroll down to the bottom of the page, you will see that there is a link um, that is tied to the Private Booker T. Spicely Symposium. So if you can click there, you'll be able to register, and we hope that you will uh, register and join us on that day. Excellent. And we are out of time, but Professor Valentine, we want to thank you so much for, for being our guest. Professor Valentine is the director of the Veterans Law Clinic here at NCCU School of Law. And I want to echo Professor Joyner's thanks to you for all of your hard work with the clinic, with your support of the students, and all of your efforts in making sure that this symposium, very important symposium, uh, comes to fruition. So we look forward to seeing the fruits of all of your efforts on Friday. And of course, we'd like to thank you, our listening audience, for spending your Sunday evening with us. And we hope you have enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email. You can reach us at legaleaglereview at mccu.edu. And if you missed this show on Sunday, you can find us on the Legal Eagle Review podcast. Until next week, stay informed, engaged, healthy, and safe.